Let me tell you about something new. A new show called G's Power. G's Power. Real talk for real saints. Are you ready? And it's for real. Welcome to G's Power Hour live every weekday at 11.30 a.m. on Never Had It So Good Entertainment Network. Your host, G, will bring you informative and entertaining guests and a variety of topics in a way that you can absorb and enjoy. Listen in weekdays and call in at 516-387-1944. We love interaction. All shows can be downloaded if you miss one or found on iTunes the next day. G's Power Hour is powered by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. Good morning, brothers and sisters, kings and queens, angels and saints. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to G's Power Hour. I've never had it so good entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. Um, it's Tech Thursday on G's Power Hour, and we have Bert Kelso of Integral on with us. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. I was thinking, <laughs> we've got to do a You always yeah, I know. That. Thinking. You need to yeah, say, I know. I am, I am beautiful and blessed. That's what I want to hear next month. Oh, well, I can <laughs> tell you that now. I am beautiful and blessed. Very blessed. There I'm you ready go. To celebrate my anniversary this month with my honey, and so all is right with the world. So. Well, good. I'm How glad to you? hear that. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Good. Yeah. So at some point, I don't know when, but I think one of the conversations I want to have is about cars and technology. Okay. We can talk about cars okay. and technology. It's a big thing right now. It is. It is. But we got other stuff to talk about. I mean, maybe hopefully we'll make it to that conversation about cars and technology <laughs> if, if, if AI doesn't take us over, you know, the, the new iRobot. Right. Right? Right. So first, let's start off with this. So AI obviously has been around in different uh, forms over the past, I would say, four or five years, maybe even longer. But now cyber criminals are really stepping up their game as far as technology is concerned and taking advantage of AI. Uh, You've got the latest phase of voice cloning, that is going on, as well as deep fake face cloning that cyber criminals are using to take advantage of unsuspecting people. And I think with the pandemic, you've had criminals that have had time to kind of um, update their software and make it a little bit easier to clone people's voices and to clone faces. And obviously, with cybercrime, it's a human problem. So the deal is not to break into devices, but it's to get people to willingly give out their personal information. It's, and the other thing that makes it easier when you have cyber criminals, which normally consists of third world countries, uh, terrorists, and just like general criminals, it makes it easier for them to get people to be able to carry these scams out. Because it used to be you had to be a high-skilled hacker in order to break into things, but that's no longer the case. With minimal training and some guidance, you too can be set up as a cyber crook. Um, And it just makes our lives a lot uh, harder to deal with. I think we need more than one national unplugging day, you know, to deal with some of this. All <laughs> right. Right. I think, um, but I think that – go ahead. I'll let you ask your question. No. I, you know, in some of this, I have been kind of trying to avoid – and, you know, when I try to do this stuff initially, it makes me look a little foolish until certain things start happening. Um, but, for example, uh, I have an account with uh, – uh, I guess an investment company, and it keeps asking me about using voice ID. 
and I keep refusing. <laughs> I keep refusing. <laughs> um, and because I'm afraid, afraid that, you know, yeah, somebody's going to let's take advantage of, of that, not necessarily the company, but someone's going to take advantage and say, um, you know, we could uh, t- take her voice and use it for other things that are nef- a little nefarious. Um, plus, one of the reasons I keep refusing is that when I, and I had this conversation with someone else, I believe, um, earlier this month, if something happens to me, and then, and I, you know, my, my uh, significant other or someone has to access my information, if the voice ID is there, it really isn't helpful in that situation, right? No, that's not the case because with, and I'll, I'll start off with this. 99% of your financial institutions have the tools to protect you against the cyber attack. And I think the challenge that uh, we need to understand is most of your financial institutions have people around the clock monitoring your stuff to verify that no one's going to get into it. So let's say that you give in and decide to do the voice recognition with your financial account. That is not the only form of verification that they would have. They would probably have two or three other forms of verification. So if for some reason your voice verification failed, then they could go back to your old password verification, and they can go to, well, gee, we think this is you, but we need you to verify from your cell phone. So. I think you're safe in doing that because your financial institution is going to be like one of the last places that's going to be compromised. Now, I know we've seen breaches with like Equifax and TransUnion, but those are credit bureaus. They're not, I mean, it's been rare that we've seen a banking institution actually fall victim to a cyber breach. So, you have to look at the odds of, of that occurring, which are slim to none, and then you can decide how much you want to, information you want to give uh, out to people and to the businesses that you work with. Okay, so, um, I you know, I don't know. This whole thing just concerns me because, uh, you know, now, you know, what you said kind of helps and makes sense. You know, there are a, a, checks, a system of checks and balances, and I guess that's my main concern is that there needs to be some sort of system of checks and balances. Otherwise, we are all going to be compromised, you know, with you know our, our finances, not just finances, just, you know, other things too, you know, health right. records. You know, that, that has me concerned, you know with health records and, mm-hmm. and things of that nature as well. So. Right. And I, I think most of your – well, most companies have that in mind. And one of the reasons why I know that it works well, because there's a ton of people I know that are locked out of their Facebook account because they had the multiple forms of verification, but, for example, they maybe forgotten their Facebook password or their social media password, but – in the months that they've set it up, maybe they switched phone numbers. And now they can't get into their account because they no longer have that phone number. And there's really no way that, like, a Facebook account or any social media account is going to allow you to circumvent that information if you can't verify who you are. So, like, if something happened to you and your better half couldn't verify that they know your information or verify that they're related to you, then that information is just going to sit and float in the banking system forever because there is, you know, no one's able to verify and get in. And like I said, most companies are pretty strict about that practice, that if you can't verify, they're not going to let you in. So hopefully that will give you a little peace of mind as far as some criminal trying to break in and steal your information. And the other thing you have to think about is that most of – the data that is stored with financial institutions is encrypted. So even if a criminal got into the system, the information they're going to see is just a bunch of gibberish because it's encrypted. And unless you have the key, you can't get in. 
and that even extends to customer service representatives that you would call, like for social media or for banking or any online system, that the staff doesn't even see your information until you verify uh, a specific process. So it's it's completely safe up there, especially in the finance area. So, you know, there's that 1%, but even that's a very slim chance that a criminal could get into banking, credit card, um, investment accounts. Yeah, my husband's going to be in trouble because he doesn't remember half the stuff anyway that I, I, I tell him or try try to get him to hold on to. So uh, it's just right. going to float. I've, I've just come to that. <laughs> I've just come to that uh, realization. Um, right. So One wanna, of the things I wanted to talk about, too, as far as the whole uh-huh. uh, fake and the voice cloning uh, is that like, let's just take a deep fake video and explain what that is real quick. So a deep fake video is basically when a criminal takes a photo of yourself or a famous actor and then they place it on someone else and then it looks like that person is actually going through uh, a series of motions and delivering a speech. I think one of the biggest AI deep fakes that's on the Internet right now is there's a picture of the Pope wearing a puppy jacket and it's not the Pope in a puppy jacket. Someone has gone in with artificial intelligence and modified a photo of the Pope wearing a puppy jacket, and it's making its way around the Internet, and people think, oh, yeah, the Pope looks cool with this trendy puppy jacket on, but, in fact, he never had it on. There's been several hackers that have uh, created movies with another actor's face on top of the original actor, and you get the voice, too. Um, there's all sorts of stuff, but in the uh, but in the cyber crime area, criminals are now trying to change the tactics of the grandma scam or the emergency scam, where criminals have captured like the voice of a grandkid, and then they call the grandparent, acting like the kid is in distress. And of course, people hearing a recognizable voice, they're going to panic and not really do their research on if this is little Jimmy or little Jane or Janie who's in a bad situation. So they're telling people if you get a voice cloning scam that you need to have a passcode that you share among family members to verify that that's them on the other on other line. And also be careful of what photos and videos that you share to your social media accounts. I mean, it's almost like um, having to self-isolate a little bit in terms of you know, things that we used to do, sharing photos, sharing, you know, sharing phone numbers, just, you know, whatever you share, now you have to have, you know, a backup plan. Like you were saying, have a code or something. Which is, it's more, it's just really more complicated than it should be. But it's unfortunate, but you got to do that, you know. Right. I, I have a, again, it's, Again, you have to think that it's not just kids in the basement jacking around. I mean, you're talking about, you know, criminals that are trying to make this happen. Because think about it, G. When the first vehicle came out, I mean, it's not like they had locks on the doors of the vehicle. You just press the button, got in, and then you hit a button, and then the car would start, or you would crank it up, and then you could take off. But then people started stealing cars, and then you had to do things do things in order to protect yourself from thieves. So in this digital age, you know, we're almost in the same space, you know? Yeah, yeah, kind of sad. Um, so, and I was thinking about when you were talking more about people um, taking images and stuff like that, there's this whole big thing now, and I don't know if you heard about it, about, um, and I don't know that much about it, to tell you the truth, but uh, someone taking let's say someone else's, in the entertainment industry, someone taking, let's say, like Rihanna's voice and putting it into a Beyonce song, you know. Right. Did you hear about that? Yeah. um, Yeah, definitely, because um, with the voice cloning software, all you need is, like, maybe a four- or five-second sample of someone's voice, and then there's three tools on the Internet where you can feed it the voice sample, and then you can use your keyboard to type out uh, what 
someone sing or if you wanted to clone a song, then it's very easy to clone the lyrics of the song of the singer making it and then just incorporating that into another song. I mean, and the tools are fairly inexpensive uh, or they're free. So, I mean, that's the biggest thing that, you know, it may have been something that was fun to do, but now criminals are using it for different purposes. I think the entertainment industry, especially the music industry, well, music and movies are really suffering by, you know, people using technology to kind of hijack, you know, their professional property and making, you know, extra money off of it and cutting cutting out the entertainer, you know. Right, exactly. And unfortunately, with all the tools out there, it's, it's hard for the record companies to keep track of all of that information. Now, when Prince was alive, you know, he scoured YouTube and was forever having videos taken down because he didn't want people sampling or listening to his music without paying for it. But now some record companies are using that more of a carrot to get people to purchase more music or content from particular artists. So, I mean, it's kind of a catch-22. It's great technology. But with all technology, it can be turned around and used for something bad. And that's, you know, and there's really no way to put any stop gates on particular pieces of, of technology. I wanted to really go back a little bit to uh, what the AI issue in terms of uh, there was a uh, story on, I believe, on 60 Minutes this past weekend. I don't know if you saw it, but it had to do with self-teaching uh, robots. Right. You know, teaching them to, you know, teaching them basic stuff, and then they're able to self to, let's say, um, self-teach. For example, you teach them how to play chess, just in general, but then they teach themselves how to beat the chess champion, you know. Right. Um, And so they, you know, some of the big names in technology, and I think you touched on this a little bit last last time you were on, but some of the big names in technology are getting a little bit scared, a little bit worried, and, you know, signaling a warning. Right, and it's not, and I know what you're thinking, because everyone's thinking about this, and in fact, in a couple of weeks, I have a TEDx talk that addresses this about, you know, you really don't need to be afraid about AI because it's not set up in a way where it's going to become self-aware. Now, in order for any AI to become useful to humans, it has to go through a process of that it learns from its mistakes in order to complete tasks a little bit better. Like, you've seen the Boston Dynamic robots that are dancing around and they're running and they're doing things. And that's just right. machine language. Yeah, that's just machine language over, like, a 10-year period of them just introducing new routines for them to go uh, through obstacles. So it's more like the machine learns a whole series of tasks, but then it knows to jump to which task when it encounters a problem. So if there's a locked door, then the robot has the technology to say, oh, well, here's some other options that you can do to get past that locked door. You can kick it, you can turn the knob, uh, you can run through it. And that's more of the robot just adopting different routines as opposed to it necessarily going self-learning and just becoming self-aware. Because there is a difference between self-aware and self-learning. So it's good that we want AI to be self-learning, but the thing that we want to avoid with AI is that it becomes self-aware. So, I mean, I don't see any problem with AI, like, learning from its mistakes. Because right now, and what the people that are saying we need to slow down on AI are saying is that right now, like, chat GPT and other text-based AI um, software doesn't have it it can learn but at the same time it's a little bit too much right now that before they release more to the general public it needs to 
do a better job of gathering information and giving the right output. Because currently right now, AI like ChatGPT and other uh, forms are not giving accurate output. And that's what Elon Musk and some of the other uh, people that are like, well, we need to slow down. That's what they're more concerned about. Not that it's going to be a repeat of um, your favorite Die Hard movie or Terminator or The Matrix. Well, now I, I, the Die Hard movie doesn't doesn't scare me as much when, after they had all those people shooting into uh, <laughs> 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 right. Like, okay, <laughs> you know that that is like okay. Well, yeah, that's a way to kill that too. You know, but. Um, right. I guess the other question I have, so let me ask you this. In your field, you use, I'm sure, a certain amount of technology to remedy situations. So are, do you have any concerns or do you have technology that you have to be concerned about maybe at some point that will, let's say, <laughs> eventually exclude you from doing the work that you do? Uh, no, there's uh, obviously AI tools that can combat certain AI-generated cybercrime. There's tools to look at emails and text messages to analyze if it's an AI-generated message, which could indicate that a cybercriminal is sending the message. But no, with cybercrime on both sides of the, of the playing field, it, it's still a human problem meaning that ultimately in the end, if you want to avoid getting hacked, then you're going to have to do your due diligence to make sure that you're protecting yourself. And uh, cyber criminals are still going to have to overlook the stuff that they're trying to build with AI to make sure that it's going to do what it's supposed to do. So I don't think the human aspect will ever go away because there has to be a checks and balance uh, with the cyber criminals to make sure that what they're putting out there is going to be effective. So, I mean, you know, it, it'll never get to that point where you just have a bunch of AI programs just doing the whole show and learning and adapting on its own. Okay, so you heard Burton say that that's never going to happen. Just just remember, and it's uh, April 20th. Uh, 2023, just remember he said that. You know, just oh, hang on God. to the show. You might want to play it back at some point because, you know, you never know. I do have a right. question, though, um, Then you were talking about determining whether or not a person was initiating something versus, um, you know, a program, I guess you could say. Um, something that happened to me, like, very, very recently, and I wanted to, you know, I – and kind of asked a supervisor of mine. Um, I I got an email on my work email with my part time job that I have in the evening, and it said it was from. It, it, it said it was from LinkedIn. Okay. Uh-huh. It said uh, twelve people have followed you or looked into you or whatever in the past week or something like that. Now, normally I guess I wouldn't be concerned just because there's 12 people. <laughs> I'm hoping that there's more than 12 people that are looking into me, following me, because I want them to um, be engaged with the show and also right. for real estate, you know, for real estate as well. So, you know, right. I don't have a problem. What I have a problem with, though, is that I don't think I've ever put any information on my LinkedIn profile about my part-time, my evening job. Right. Ever. So how is it that all of a sudden I get this email into a system that's supposed to be really secure? Um, right. So any thoughts? That, yeah, exactly. With that, uh, that's part of the LinkedIn AI uh, kind of working um, because it's wanting you to engage a little bit more. So the AI and the email is designed to make you go 
check out LinkedIn. So it's not really like a scare tactic, but at the same time, it's kind of a, hey, check out who's checking you out. And then, of course, you're going to get curious and say, well, I want to see who's looking at me in LinkedIn and how you've got this information. So a company, your, let's say your side hustle, may have put information about you on their site. And then LinkedIn may have, like, connected the dots, and that's how it knows that information. But it's not criminal activity. It's just the algorithm with LinkedIn just trying to get you to be a little bit more engaged with your account. Because with me, I don't get messages like that because I'm constantly posting content on LinkedIn. So there's no reason for them to send me an email to lure me in to see what's going on with my LinkedIn account. I guess I'm concerned because, one, like I said, the my, my work email uh, with my part-time job is usually pretty secure. We actually have trouble sometimes when we ask our customers to send us information about, you know, issues they've had with a product or service. Um, we can't, for example, I can't email out to customers. I have to call them. I can't email out. The system won't allow it. So the fact that LinkedIn got my work email and then uh, was able to get through and, and send me an email saying, "Hey, you know," I'm like, "How do you know I work here? <laughs> you know, I've never I've never posted it on my profile ever. Um, the email's not posted on my profile. It was just a little unsettling. So I, I did forward it to my supervisor, but I was I said, "Well, since." I was going to have you on here today. I thought maybe I'd ask you, is it something I should be concerned about? No, because I think it's just information that may be floating around on the Internet. You know, maybe a coworker shared that or maybe the company shared that. It's hard to tell, but it's nothing. It's it's not criminal in activity because if you get a phishing email, it's not going to direct you to like LinkedIn. I mean, if it's, Fishing, it'll be more geared to, hey, call this number or click this unknown link in order to find out more information. And the fact mm-hmm. that it didn't give you a phone number uh, or there was no link to a malicious website lets me know that it's a legitimate source. Now, again, I can't I think tell you how a, LinkedIn. Yeah, I think there may have been a link on it, but I just didn't even bother because, I was, like I said, I was kind of disturbed because I was like, okay, that is supposed to be separate and apart from this and just was wondering if anybody else in the company was having issues. So that's why I said I just went on ahead and forwarded it to my supervisor. Right. And, I mean, that's a good thing to do. I mean, it's better to be safe than sorry. But, yeah, it's definitely Mm -hmm. not malicious. It's not malicious because, again, it would have been a real serious call to action, like there's a problem with your LinkedIn account, you know, or someone's spying on your LinkedIn account rather than, People have viewed your LinkedIn account. So it's a legitimate email. I just don't know how they got your – I don't know. You know, nothing's really secret anymore, so you really shouldn't be surprised. Okay. All right. Well, we've blown past the first break, which is fine. We had some things to discuss, but we're going to take this break here. We're here with Burton Kelso of Integral, and if you have questions or comments, the number is 516-387-1944. This is G's Power Hour. I've never had it so good entertainment, and we will be right back. This is Douglas Dobbs of Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service. We have served the Central Florida community for 29 years with quality funeral and cremation services. Honoring all religions and faiths, we have been here for many grieving families. Whether it's a complete funeral service with a burial or a simple dignified cremation, Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service is here for you. Located at 430 North Kirkman Road at the 408 Expressway, Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service, 407-578-7720. Dobbs dedicated to serving our families. Over the past 60 years, Dove Beauty Bar's superior formula has remained unchanged. But when it comes to beauty, everything changed. Together, we redefined beauty. We said no to stereotypes and yes to every type. We let go of judgments and embraced what makes us unique. We're proud to have been there with you caring for you every step of the way. 
Here's to the next 60 years. Good afternoon. Welcome back to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. It is the third Thursday of the month, and that means it's Tech Thursday with Burton Kelso of Integral. And if you have questions or comments, the number is 516-387-1944. So what else are we looking into right now, Burton? Oh, so vacation time is coming up, and the FTC is warning people about juice jacking. <laughs> okay. I made a joke on a blog post. I made a joke on a blog post saying it sounds like the latest trend of teenagers going around and snatching juice or water or other liquids from kids uh, in the cafeteria. But it actually is a term that was coined back in 2011. And real briefly, it's just the act of cyber criminals setting up charging stations in public places and then using those charging stations to steal information off of your smartphone and other connected devices that you would uh, hook up to these public charging stations in order to keep your devices powered up. So I go, let's say, to the mall, and, you know, my battery's low, and I decide, oh, okay, well, I'm going to sit for, here for a minute and, you know, plan, plan the rest of my shopping and, and power up my phone. <laughs> I shouldn't do that? Is, that. is that what you're saying? That's what I'm saying. So, if, um, yeah, if there's a free charging station, there you, you know, you probably want to avoid it. Uh, because, and this is why. Many people don't realize that the USB cable uh, for all connected devices has two separate connections inside one cable. So the first connection with the USB cable is to allow you to be able to charge your phone with no issues. But the other cable in a USB, uh, the other portion of the USB cable is the fact that it has the gateway for you to be able to um, copy information from one device to another. So I don't know if you've ever been in a situation with um, old iTunes or if you had photos on your phone and then you want to move them to your computer. That's what USB cables are also designed to do. So when you hook up your phone or tablet or even your computer to any USB connection, then you're essentially allowing criminals to look into your devices to see what information is on them. You can, criminals can see the information on your devices. They can install malware. They can um, obviously install key logging software to see what keys you're using, maybe to log into online accounts. And it's a real problem, and it goes to show the depth of what cyber criminals will do in order to get access to your information. Sorry, fumble fingers. So, okay, old-fashioned criminal, you know, looking in your window, peeking in to see what's in your property, whatever the case may be, you catch them, you... You know, you close the blinds, you close the curtains, whatever it is, you know, to keep them from looking in. What do you do with a cyber criminal to keep them from looking in on your information? Well, instead of using a USB charging station, uh, you just got to do it the old-fashioned way and find an outlet to plug your device into and charge. Uh, For example, I mean, you should always probably have a USB cable, and most Modern vehicles have USB slots for your phone because it also allows you to listen to iTunes or not iTunes. Oh, yeah, iTunes. You can listen to Spotify and you can listen to Pandora, but you always want to have a charging plug-in for your phone so that you can plug it into an outlet. And if you don't have that, then you need to start carrying a battery pack with you in case your phone starts to run low and you need to charge your phone. Because the challenge is is that if you look at a charging station, 
you're not going to be able to tell if it's legitimate or if it's bogus. So you really have to adopt the practice of it's better to be safe than sorry when it comes to your uh, comes to your smartphone and other devices. Yeah, I, I did have that issue the other day when I did not charge my phone overnight or I thought I charged it and <laughs> phone is like, You've got four percent left and then it <laughs> and it just <laughs> decide. Um so that yeah, that's a good thing to know. And I have a question though with regards to that because one of the things I was looking for was to try to find out what's quicker in terms of charging my phone, whether it's wired or wireless and it says wired but what what I want to know is should you have a long cable short cable does it matter the length of the cable and are there dif- are there cables some cables that are better or worse with regards to fast charging well when in this modern age and of course you know you've got knockoff products on the internet you if all possible you want to try to avoid third-party USB cables. So you always, whatever the branded phone you have, you want to make sure that you get the right charging cable because externally all cables look equal regardless of length and color, um, but it's the internal components that sometimes you have to worry about that are causing issues. Because, for example, for the iPhone, the outer cable can be stripped bare, and you can have the two inner cables exposed, and your iPhone cable will always charge. Whereas, and I don't know if you've been through this, if you run into your local convenience store and get one of those cables, then there's a good possibility that it would wear out quicker than the standard factory-created cable. And the length doesn't matter, but the challenge that you see with USB cables is the average cable is probably four to six feet in length from the factory. But that's not to say that that you couldn't buy a third market cable. It's more along the lines of you want to avoid it if you can. Because you never know what the workmanship of that cable is. Yeah, because I had a pretty long cable that I had in my car that was with my phone, and I, I actually uh, swapped it out for a shorter cable, which I, I seem to be having some issues with now. I think it's kind of worn out um, in, in, in my car. So, and, you're, and the other question I had, which you seem to have addressed, is so it's okay for, for me to plug my cable into my car port to charge my phone. Almost definitely. You can even, as long as there's a power to USB source, then you can plug your phone in or other device in to charge. Like your, if you travel and you need to charge and there's no outlets available or you forgot your plug-in at home, you can hook your phone up to the hotel TV USB port and charge your phone. Same thing at home. If for some reason mm-hmm. you lost all your little plug-in power chargers, you can definitely plug your phone into the USB port of your TV or your computer and charge your phone that way. Now, oh, okay. like you were yeah. saying earlier, yeah, like you were saying earlier, the using the wall outlet is going to be the quickest way to charge your phone, and wireless okay. uh, charging and charging from the USB port of your computer or your TV is going to be the slower way to charge. But it will charge in a pinch. Okay. So I guess my other question, I know we're getting off topic, but since we're here, I just want to go ahead and address it, and we can move on. What happens when your, your mm-hmm. the cable that you've been using and your phone, it seems like the plug and the port don't seem to be compatible anymore, seems to be loose or whatever. What's going on there? Well, if it's inside the phone, then it just means the charging cord in the phone has become loose. And then, you know, the only thing you can have done is have the phone repaired. But if it's the cable, then it may be an aftermarket cheaply made cable. And so one of the first things that you want to do is to 
replace the cable and then try charging your smartphone. Okay. All right. But I mean, yeah, All right, these so. are kind of important because one of the things that can happen with a smartphone is the fact that people ruin their smartphones because they're using cheap cable. And it's not that they're wanting to ruin your phones. It's more along the lines of making sure that you are um, getting the right cable so that it doesn't ruin your phone. So it's always best to stick with factory, but in a pinch you can use uh, a right aftermarket cable. And usually in those instances, you want to avoid ordering them off of Amazon, especially if it's going to come from overseas, because those uh, knockoff cables are probably the worst for your phone. I was going to ask you about, you know, because everybody loves to order from Amazon. Um, it, it, it's just so basically, do you go to like your T-Mobile or AT&T or, or Verizon place or whatever and, and pick, get a, a cord there through them or... Uh, can you get one at Best Buy? Can you get one at Walmart? Where do you go to make sure you, you're getting the proper cord? I mean, or do you have to actually send off to the company for a, a cord? Well, if you're wanting the factory to order from the manufacturer of your smartphone or other but in most instances, if you go to any store that carries USB cables, uh, then you're probably going to get a cable that is safe to use with your phone. So that would be your Targets, your Walmarts, your Best Buys. Uh, they would they they would check to verify that the vendor uh, doesn't have a problem with the actual USB cable. Okay. All right. Good to know. All right. So, <laughs> like I said, we've gotten away from other things we were supposed to touch on, but let's get back. What 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 else are we talking about today? Oh, spring cleaning uh, technology. I mean, it's always a good time to spring clean your technology, like making sure that you've got your information backed up uh, automatically. Uh, going through, if you've got a laptop or a desktop computer, getting a can of compressed air to blow out all of those crumbs out of the keyboard. Uh, making sure that if you have a desktop computer, uh, whether it be a Windows or Mac, that you verify that the dust is cleaned out from inside of those devices because dust and dirt are the major enemies with technology because a thin layer of dust can definitely cause issues with your your desktop and your laptop computer from overheating. And then um, spring cleaning like your software, making sure that you're deleting old emails out of your email folders, making sure that any old files on your computer you've deleted out of there. Not, and for email and for files, it's not for the sake of creating more space, but it's more along the lines that you want to simplify your life and give you peace of mind. Same thing with photos. Now, sometimes with photos, we get carried away with photos and videos. And it's a good idea to make sure that you are uh, cleaning those photos out because smartphones um, usually do have a limited amount of storage on them. So it's a good idea to clean all that stuff out and to make sure that your photos and videos are automatically being backed up as well. So it's just, you know, that time of the year where you're in the cleaning spirit that you want to go through and make sure that you, you take care of your devices. Really personal photos. I can't. Yeah, I came across some uh, photos and stuff. They weren't necessarily personal photos. They were photos I took for some work. But it was like I didn't know this was still on here. It's back from 2015. I'm like, I don't really need this anymore. You know. So it's, I mean, not even to just store them somewhere else, but to just get rid of them if you don't need them. It's a good thing to go ahead and and get that taken care of. You know. Um, right, but, because I, I think now, we've all suffered from – go ahead. I go guess ahead. my question is, so are we sending everything to the cloud? 
um, again, or, or you know, is it do we do that? Or should we keep it? Let's say on a drive somewhere, you know, things that we want to keep. I mean, I've, the reason I'm asking because I've considered also, you know, asking family members to say, hey, please, you know, send me a copy of, um, you know, family photos so that we can categorize and so we can keep a family history in one location, you know. Right. Um, so I've thought about getting maybe a, an additional drive or something to put that kind of stuff on photos, records, you know, um, you know, just to, just to be able to have a family history in one place. Is that a good idea or not? Uh, what do you What are your thoughts? I think the best idea would be to store that information in some cloud-based service because there, with if you store it on an external hard drive, there is a chance that that the information on that external hard drive may begin to degrade on the hard drive because hard drives usually are good for maybe 10, 15 years of storing data, but then after a while they start to degrade as far as the quality of the file on the external hard drive. But with the cloud service, it's being stored on multiple servers across the globe. So I've always instructed most families to go ahead, upload that stuff to maybe a shared Amazon Prime account uh, or a Google account. Uh, that way you've got, or even a Dropbox account, but that way the information's in the cloud and you know you've got at least several copies of stuff that would be stored on the cloud forever. And with cloud access, as long as you share the username and password with people, then it is going, you're going to be able to share that stuff uh, with people instantly. And everybody can own, add their own files whenever they want, and then they can view them at any time. With the shared external hard drive, you've got to uh, give it to different people, and then it could get lost, it could get stolen, it can get destroyed. So the cloud's always the best solution for something like that. Okay. All right, good to know. All right. Well, I know we're just, like I said, I know we're supposed to get into so many different things today. Um, but I do want to kind of get to a little bit about Mother's Day. You know, people are going to be looking for, for presents, and, yeah, the, the flowers are nice, you know. <laughs> you, know and, you know, some things are expected, some things are appreciated on a normal basis. You might want to try something a little bit different. Do you have any tech ideas? Yeah, this year for Mother's Day, it's been mainly the popular gifts have been the smart home items, like the Roomba iRobot, uh, ring alarm systems for people, uh, blink indoor and exterior cameras. Uh, same thing with smart thermostats. And the reason these items continue to be the gift that keeps on giving is the fact that there are different models of, say, the the Nest thermostat, or they're upgraded and better quality models of like a Blink camera system or even a Ring doorbell. Uh, and the prices come down on a, a lot of those items too. And that's why they always stay in the top list as far as what moms want for Christmas. Even one of your favorite gift items, the Ember hot mug, I think they're up to version 2.0 or 3.0. But it remains to be a popular gift because moms right now are getting more and more into technology, and those are the things that they want because we're in a more digitally connected world, and, you know, it, it, everyone wants to have some aspect of a smart home, especially... I'm going to... I'm going to... And I'm going to talk about the Ember for a minute. Because it, I had an issue with it the other day, but basically, um, you, my husband has one. I have one. We got one for uh, my brother-in-law. I think the Ember is one of the best gifts, y'all. Just saying, you know, if you have somebody who's a coffee drinker, tea drinker, you know, hot cider, hot chocolate, um, whatever type of warm beverage, and they want to like, you, sometimes you're trying to hurry to drink it before it gets cold. You don't have to do that. 
with this. It is just I have one on my desk now, so when I do my evening job, you know, I, I'll get tea uh, before I, you know, go to my desk and start work. Well, by the time I've gotten to my break, if I have a regular cup of tea, it's cold. But in my ember, it, it's it's still warm, you know. And you can adjust the temperature, you know, hot or, or you know, warm, depending on, you know, what your preference is. I know I sound like I'm doing a commercial, but I, I'm just saying. Um, and, and they have a travel mug version of, of it, too. I haven't gotten a chance to look at it. My only issue with it, and if anybody works with Ember, then maybe I'll write them or whatever. My only issue is I, I kind of like mugs, regular mugs, uh, with designs and all that type of stuff, and the Embers are relatively plain. I, so I would like to kind of throw out there that either they come up with some Embers with some nice designs on them or you know, maybe have embers that you can put maybe a, a decorative wrap around them like they wrap automobiles with or something. Uh, so I just want to throw that out there. I know this is so off subject, but hey. No, I mean, I, I agree, you know, but uh, and, and I don't know how the technology works if it would be a waste for ember to do a wrap on it or any of that stuff. So, um, yeah. Yeah, hopefully it won't fall on deaf ears and you'll get your multicolored ember cup <laughs> real soon. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm the, good. I have a rose other, gold one. It's nice. Yeah. Right. The other item, obviously, we have to talk about tile and um, air tags and smart tags. I mean, those are hot yeah. Mother's Day gifts, too, because um, one of the ways that air tags especially are used is for people to track their luggage, uh, mm-hmm. which I think is crazy. But, I mean, yeah. it needs to work. You could just throw an air tag in your luggage and make sure that it made the flight with you. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's all – a lot of the tech items have to do with convenience and have to do with, with smart home for Mother's Day, which is kind of quite a shift from the traditional Mother's Day stuff that you can get. And I think in our digital world, too, the challenge is is that moms can order pretty much anything they want to off of Amazon, um, so it makes it uh, easier for them to get the stuff that they want year-round. So when it comes to those special holidays, the tech items usually are popular gifts because if the average mom were to get one, then she may not know how to hook it up. And so mm-hmm. it makes it a bonus if not only do you get the item, but then you pay for someone to set the item up as well. So keep that in mind before you start buying tablets or other smart devices out there that you want to make sure that somebody can come out and help mom get it all situated as well. And you're talking about the tags because there have been a lot of uh, stories lately about people having to track down their luggage um, and, and the tag has worked. But you might want to get your your favorite mom a tag to put in their child's lunch pail or in their backpack or in something that the child is going to carry with them regularly because if something happens to the child, this may be a good first step in, in order to track that child down. I know we're coming up um, next month on um, National Missing Children's Day next month. Uh, this could be a lifesaver, you know, as much as I don't, I'm not necessarily a fan of someone <laughs> knowing a whole lot about me, but when it comes to children, I don't think you can be too careful. No, I agree with you on that, but yeah, definitely, and you have to be careful because you don't want to get a tile. Tile only uses Bluetooth, and it can only reach a range of about 500 feet max. You want to get mm. Apple AirTag because AirTag uses actual GPS location uh, services, which obviously global positioning uh, is going to be more important than Bluetooth. Uh, so, yeah, Apple keep that in mind. Yeah, okay. the act- or a smart tag, which is made by Samsung. So those actually use some form of GPS uh, to track your child. So that in mind. Okay. Yeah, good to know, really. Like I say, with the children, you can't be too careful, seriously. Um, so 
So, yeah, other, it, for, what, for the Tech Verse person here, from the Tech Verse person here, I'm totally for, for doing it to track your child and keep your child close and safe. Go ahead. Right. The other, the other thing I was going to say, too, if you've got elderly parents uh, that may be suffering oh, yeah. from dementia or Lewy body dementia, um, yes. then you could obviously put an air tag on, you know, mom or dad just in case they elope that they can you can track them down easily or too. So there's a, yeah. a lot of uses that you could use AirTag to track people. wasn't designed for that, but like you said, in a pinch, it's a good idea to uh, think outside the box with the technology that you're purchasing. Definitely. And, yeah, I my mother, when she started to get uh, dementia, I had a couple of episodes where I had to try to find her. So just speaking from experience, yeah, that's a good idea. Um, and then I know we're not, you know, yet in the holiday season yet per se, but, you know, when you're talking about getting devices and the doorbell cameras, I think the doorbell cameras are great, um, you know, if you, because, because, you know, when we get into the holiday season, you're going to have those porch pirates. I think it's a good thing to have, to maybe invest in the doorbell cameras for sure. One other use you could use for, like, a ring camera, we had this happen to one of our customers, she um, is suffering from Parkinson's and some form of dementia, but with the Ring mm. camera, Ring allows you to share your Ring account with a loved one. So her daughter, who lives about two hours away, can see every motion at her mom's door without being there. So I think Ring has really done a good job of making sure that senior adults or older adults are well protected and can be monitored uh, for any location. So, you know, if... Um, you're thinking of Mother's Day and mom's having some issues like the AirTag and any Blink or Ring camera would be a great gift to give them. So that way they can age gracefully at home and not have to worry about paying for high-end, uh, what is it, senior living or, you know, uh, nursing mm-hmm. home fees. Yeah. There's so many things we could talk about with that. The other thing I want to say, and not necessarily on safety tip, but in terms of technology that she might appreciate, is if you get some of those photo albums, those photo frames that you can download family photos into, so that she can always have them there. You know, kind of if if your mom's not with you um, personally, but is away from you, uh, be a good way to maybe find a way to download. Uh, photos, and she can kind of keep up with what's going on with the family without having to uh, be there if she can't be there with you. Just a thought. Yeah, and there's yeah there's specific uh, ones that you can get. Like um, I forget the name of it. It's like Sky or but anyway, you want for your older adult parent, you want to look at one where you can virtually upload photos from your own home to their frame so that the pictures are always changing. The old school ones, you had to load a USB stick or an SD card into them, and it made it cumbersome to old, uh, add photos. But if you have mm-hmm. one where you can just send up an email to the frame, then it'll, it'll definitely let you um, let you do that. And I will try to find this information for everyone so that you can consider it when you're making your purchases and post it on the Deep Power Hour Facebook page. Burton, thank you again. We never have enough time for you. Really appreciate you spending some with us today. And be safe, be well. I know you're on the road, so so take care of yourself. We want to see you back next month. Right. So real quick, the frame is called the Skylight Frame, where you can buy and upload photos. And then there's another one called Photo Spring that lets you do the same thing. So just throwing that out there. Thank you. Appreciate it. You're great. Have a blessed day, Thank you. Thank you. you. Thank you all for listening. Thanks. This has been G's Power Hour. I've never had it so good entertainment. Be well, be safe, be blessed. And please remember, all real power comes from God. Take care.
With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.